0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the sixth chapter. Jesus came down with the twelve and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coasts of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. The Gospel of the Lord. Last Sunday, my wife Linda and my daughter Kirsty and I went down to California to be with my mother and siblings to be at my mother's bedside because we all had heard that she was in hospice care and that her time was near. So after 96 and a half years of life, her journey was coming to an end. And we were thankful for the chance to be with her. Breathing was getting harder and harder by the hour as we got there and spent time, but she was still able to speak words in between the breaths and to listen As we spoke and sang and prayed, she got up some strength to speak and she said, they put me on hospice, just so it was out there in the open. (laughs) She knew what that meant in general, but she was still processing what it meant for her. A little later, she looked at all of the people who were streaming to her bedside and she said, what's all this about? I don't know what her emotions were at that point or what thoughts were going through her head. I do remember the time, some years ago, when us siblings all thought that it was her last hour and we gathered in her room and we sang and we prayed and we cried. And observing all of this, she pushed herself up on on her elbow and said, well, I hope to be back. (laughs) Which, of course, happened. And maybe she was feeling that way again. We won't know. But when I sent this picture of of me and my mother to my colleagues that day, several of them commented on the expression on her face. And I looked at it again when I was reading the gospel story for today. And her expression seemed like a beautiful acknowledgement of the words that Jesus says over and over again. Blessed are you. Deep down, she knew that. She knew that she was blessed in every moment of her life, of her long, long life. She was blessed in the early years when her family lived in the ground level of the house that her father was building in California. She was blessed in the lean years of the Great Depression when love and generosity flourished amongst fear and scarcity and anxiety. She was blessed in the tense years of the Second World War when courage and hope flourished amidst, again, fear and unspeakable violence. She was blessed when she married my father in 1945, and she was blessed when the doctor came out of surgery some years later to tell her that he had died just a month short of his 50th birthday. She was blessed in all of the time of intense loneliness that followed when she felt numb much of the time, and in all of the joyful experiences that God gave her of companionship and love, which continued on with family and friends. What I learned from her up until last Wednesday morning when she died in peaceful sleep is that God's blessing is with us all the time. I think all too often we limit our appreciation or understanding of blessing. We think about it only as something related to what we experience when we're happy or we associate blessing with things that make us richer or healthier or safer or better off than we used to be. And it is good to see God as the source of all good gifts. But when we only see God's blessing in those things. We embrace the false gospel that Jesus warns about in the second part of that reading today. Woe to you, he says, if your money and your material possessions and happiness and success become your substitute for God. It isn't a curse here. It is a passionate warning from someone who loves us. Jesus saw firsthand what the gospel of prosperity did to individuals and communities. It not only reinforced the unjust social structures of the time, which divided people into haves and have-nots, but it left a huge body of people feeling as though they were cursed and abandoned by God because of what they didn't have or didn't feel. In my way of seeing, that must be why Jesus began his teaching in the way that he did. When he looked at those who were poor at the time, those who were hungry, those who were sad, those who were hated and excluded, he said something completely unexpected. He said to them, blessed are you. Yours is the kingdom of God. I'm sure that many of them, heard that and thought, blessed? Really? You call these life circumstances blessed? But that wasn't the point. Jesus wasn't saying, I don't think, that poverty was a blessing or hunger or grief or hatred or exclusion or any form of suffering that threatens the health and the well-being of a child of God. What he was saying instead is that the people themselves were blessed and that the promise of God's kingdom was as real for them as it was for his own mother when she said, surely from now on all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me. From what we know, the physical circumstances of Mary's life didn't undergo any great change at the moment that she said that but her understanding of who she was to God and her vision of what God was doing in her and in the world was completely transformed. She knew, Mary did, deep down, that God was looking upon her with favor. In these days following my mother's death, I like to think about the profound impact that Mary would have had on her son, Jesus. Because even as a young teenager, Luke says, she had a way of seeing that just transcended the way most of us see, and certainly the narrow vision of her society. And that must have been one of the great gifts that she passed on to her son. The early years of their family life together was filled with all kinds of stress. King Herod's plans to kill Jesus forced them to flee as refugees to Egypt. We don't know how long it took them to finally get back to Joseph's hometown of Nazareth. But the journey had to be fraught with all kinds of challenges and setbacks. And the community there in Nazareth was a hard one to read. As we saw in the gospel lesson just a few weeks ago, at one moment they spoke well of Jesus and in the next they tried to kill him. I think his own resilience that day and every day must have come from something that he saw and he learned from his mother, from the woman who said, surely all generations will call me blessed. Her vision became his vision and I think it shaped every moment of his adult life. And it's the clear vision that he has in our gospel story today when he looks at not only his own life, but at the crowd gathered with him and says, Blessed are you, so that they would never forget who they were to God. When we let those words speak to us today, they carry, I think, the same power that they did in Jesus' home and in that level place where he preached. They carry the same power that they did in my home and in every place where people hear that they are God's beloved children blessed, loved by God, and that God's kingdom belongs to each one of us. I can't anticipate how you will hear these words of promise today. I can certainly understand if they sound strange to you because of what you are experiencing right now. In loneliness, in sadness, or fear, or anxiety, or sickness, or stress, or in a time where resources lack, or hope lacks, it's natural to feel that God has somehow skipped over you, pouring out blessings on other people. If it helps, I can say what I believe, which is that none of those things are ever God's will for you or for me. Just as Jesus never willed poverty or hunger or grief or hatred or exclusion or suffering of any kind on anyone in his time, I can't believe that the risen Jesus would will harmful things for any one of us. But he can do what he has always done. He can promise us again today that we are loved and cherished by God in every moment every moment of our journey here on earth. Not long before my mother died, we were singing hymns at her bedside. She was working hard to breathe with her head moving back and forth as she inhaled and exhaled. We weren't sure what she was hearing or understanding, but then on a song close to her heart, she chimed in with a strong alto voice, (laughs) perfect submission, all is at rest i and my savior, savior am happy and blessed this is my story this is my song praising my savior all the day long this is my story this is my song praising the savior all the day long may god grant to all of us that blessed assurance that we are loved and blessed now in this moment and in all that is to come thanks be to god amen